Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Welcome, welcome to today's episode of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America, the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. I welcome all the listeners here in the United States and Canada, but I know there's also listeners in Europe, in Australia, in China. So I'm so happy that this is a global community that all is listening in to this show. And I'm grateful that you are making time for you today to listen and to find out more about the topic of retirement. It's my greatest pleasure to present this series of talk shows and bring subjects that I think will help you in planning and preparing for your next chapter in life. My name is Maria Lukasen and I am excited. I am a certified retirement coach I help women find joy and meaning in retirement. Ideally, we make these plans before starting that next phase in life. So after working for 40 years, I want to be able to do what I want, when I want, and where I want. And at the same time, I see also that how opening up for me about this next chapter It has given many women a new perspective about retiring. And so I am compelled to use my voice to bring awareness and motivate women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter. I feel that that is the legacy that I want to leave. So if you did retire this year or maybe last year, and you're ready to go from boredom to flourishing in your next chapter, then I have a special program, a 90-day program called Next Chapter Roadmap that starts next month. So if you are interested to jumpstart that next chapter of your life, then please email me so I can give you the details of this 90-day group program where we will figure out um, how you can live and make your retirement the best time of your life. So you need to email maria at blissful-retirement.com and then I'll send you the information about uh, that group program that I'm doing. So today the show is about a topic that is dear to my heart because it's how I want to live my life. It's about vitality. So and what is vitality? Vitality is a word that describes the person's ability to live to grow and to develop. It also refers to having energy and being vigorous and active. Yes, 
just the feeling to be alive gets me up in the morning. So I hope that with this show today, we inspire you and motivate you for your next chapter and your um, life in retirement. So last week we did, oh, last week, sorry, in last month, we had a great show. We talked about meditation. So if you are looking for different topics, check out the different shows on the channel or on my website where there is a special page for podcasts. So today I'm going to welcome uh, after. I, I first want to do my regular thing, my affirmations. Sorry. Uh, um, the guest is waiting and listening in today here. So, but I want to do the affirmation first and stay in my routine here. So the affirmation for this month is, I have plenty of energy to really enjoy my day. So I hope that this resonates with you. If you're new to affirmations, an affirmation opens the door. It's a beginning point on the path of change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. When I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from my life or help create something new in my life. So I hope this affirmation of I have plenty of energy to really enjoy my day resonates with you and that it is something that you can uh, use for you in the coming months until we speak again. So now it's time to welcome my guest today to the show and I'm so happy that she has time. Welcome Kay for Norman to today's talk show. Well, thank you, Maria. It's, it's really fun to be here. Um, I love hearing the enthusiasm in your voice uh, about vitality and, and your positive affirmation statement. Um, love it because that's such a huge part of vitality is your mindset and your willingness to embrace life uh, at every level. So thanks for having exactly. me. Yes. So um, that's why I'm so glad that you were able to talk to me about this topic uh, because I know, um, at least for me, I have noticed that my energy is different as what it was 15, 20 years ago. And even 10 years ago, I had the feeling that I had much more energy and, and could do things. And But now I still think I have plenty of energy, but you just need to be aware that um, there is... Uh, it's all in your mind. And if your mind is um, enthusiastic about something, you usually will find energy to do it too. So before mm -hmm. I go into talking with Kay, I want to quickly do a short bio about her so that the listener has an idea of to who I am talking today. So Kay von Norman is the founder and president of Brilliant Aging and is an international acclaimed author, speaker, and wellness consultant. 
She directed the Kaiser Institute on Aging for three years and serves both on the International Council on Active Aging and linked seniors resident engagement institutes boards. So she is well known in many of those um, organizing uh, associations. She is also an early pioneer and thought leader in senior wellness. Kay's 25 plus years career has helped shape both the international active aging movement and whole person wellness models in senior housing with two books she has and numerous chapters and scores of journal articles on aging well. Oh, it's so great to have her here. Her book, Exercise and Wellness for Older Adults, has been translated into both traditional and simplified Chinese. Kay is also a subject matter expert for consumer outlets, growing Boulder Media Group with broadcasts and print outlets that provides information and articles to 62 million people per year. So one of the magazine or websites where she is involved in is called 60 and me and i love that website it has great articles on numerous and various topics that are interesting to people or women that are uh, growing older her passion is to uncover hidden barriers to aging well and motivating action Knowing what to do really is not a problem. It's the gap between knowing and doing. Yes, Kay created the Vitality Portfolio Model as a simple pathway to action, one that helps people embrace life and ignite joy, regardless of age or challenges. So she lives in Montana with her husband and three horses and her adult sons. Wow, I've never been to Montana. It's on my list because uh, my bucket list or my <laughs> list for traveling includes all 50 states of the United States. And there's still quite a few I have not been to yet. So Montana is definitely one of the places that I want to go. Uh, so welcome, Kay, again. Thank you for having time. And just to, to, to get started here. So you have a background in healthy aging. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so when I first started out uh, teaching, I started teaching at Montana State University in health and physical education and dance. So I, I co-directed the dance company at the university and then also uh, taught physical education and health. And... Um, then I, I transitioned into a director position for a program called Young at Heart. And it was an exercise program for older adults based at the university. And, you know, what fascinated me about that was just watching um, the difference between the difference in the aging journey between people who are really engaged and active, physically active in life. Um, and those who were just kind of, you know, bumping along where the road took them. And so I started doing a lot of research in that area and ended up writing my first book called Exercise Program for Older Adults. So at that time, I was kind of focused on the whole exercise component. 
but it became pretty obvious that it, you know, that health and well-being and vitality had way, m way more to do with all the full aspects of life, you know, physical, social, emotional, spiritual, all of those things. So I started doing all kinds of research in the the whole person wellness models and, you know, developing all kinds of programs and whatnot. And then there was kind of a turning point for me <clears throat> in my education where I was at a National Council on Aging board meeting and they were talking about trying to remove barriers to physical activity for older adults so that they could improve their health. And they yeah. were talking about things like cost and transportation and accessibility and all this. And finally, I stood up and I said, well, you know, if those were the true barriers, wouldn't we have 100% participation in senior living where none of those exist? I mean, the classes are right down the hall. They're free, yeah. um, good instruction, you know, accessible, all those kinds of things. And yet you still only have about 25 to 30% of people in those communities that are um, involved in physical activity. Yeah. And I remember them just kind of looking at me funny and then going back to talking about, you know, spending millions of dollars to remove barriers. But for me, it was just like this light bulb. It's like there's something very different going on here. There's something that is is keeping people from engaging. And so that's when I really started looking at things like the behavior change theory. You know, how do how do people change behavior? How do you when you have a certain lifestyle sort of inertia? Yeah. How do you change that? Um, you know, the whole behavior change model of, you know, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, and action. So I started identifying that in um, programming, often we're only programming for people who are in the action stage of change. So what about people who are just not even thinking about doing any kind of physical activity? What about those who are sort of thinking about it, but don't really know what to do? And what about those in preparation? You know, are we helping them move through that? And then I really hit upon that whole idea of, of what are the barriers? What are some of the, the, the key barriers to, to becoming fully engaged in your life? Yeah. And that's when I kind of stumbled on all of the information about mindset, about aging, attitudes, expectations, stereotypes of aging, and the profound impact that has on people's, you know, uh, sort of these aging scripts that run in your head and how that drives health behaviors and health outcomes. Yeah. So that's it, it in a nutshell, um, you know, my journey through where I'm at today, um, really yeah. looking at those pieces and parts. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And I think I mentioned that already in the beginning. Um, it goes so um, quietly and slowly, really, that you change, especially when you get older, that uh, certain uh, things, um, you are not that uh, excited anymore about. And you take it easier, maybe, and to to really get up and then do things uh, differently is not that um, easy for many, many, many people. Especially if you had a busy life, then you might mm -hmm. just be happy to chill a little bit when you retire yeah. or when you grow older. But at the other hand, 
I also see and I feel that uh, that stigma of from oh you are now over sixty, uh, you can't do this anymore. That it sometimes uh, tells me, hey, I have to do this differently. I'm not that old. I feel young at heart. I still can do a lot of things. I'm physically still fine. So why should I have to, like the expectation from people outside of me, as well as my own expectations, and that might not yeah. always match, um, be somebody who needs to act differently? And Well, what's really interesting, uh, Maria, is that one of the things that became really apparent to me along the way is I start thinking about, you know, people sometimes will go along and they're doing really well and they're fairly healthy and active and everything. And then all of a sudden they have some sort of a health setback. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting to me how so many times people will take that health setback as kind of a indictment that now they're going to have to slow down and make their world smaller and, you know, and all these kinds of things. And, I always say, don't allow a health setback to become a new health set point. Yeah. Instead, look at it, how do I recover as fully as possible, get even better than I was before this health setback. And I think if we consider it around, you know, if you consider the difference between how young people with, you know, significant uh, physical and cognitive challenges yeah. People with young people with disabilities are giving all are given all sorts of resources, tools, and encouragement to overcome those challenges and make their world as large as possible and live as fully as possible with adaptive strategies yeah. and a positive mindset. But then you you look at what happens with an older adult who has some sort of a challenge. So often it's instead of overcoming, they're given tools to cope with the challenge. So they're given tools to make their world smaller and more manageable and just cope with it. And so you're thinking, if you think about the profound difference between the mindset of overcoming versus coping, you see how profoundly different the outcomes are. Yes. So I think we have to stay in that mindset that don't allow age to dictate how you're going to respond to any kind of a challenge, whether it be physical, cognitive, emotional, social, don't allow age to become this primary factor that drives your decisions, you know, really focus on how can I be, how can I overcome and live as fully as possible in spite of, of what's going on? Yes, I, I, I love how you say that the difference between the younger uh, generation who overcomes a setback and we um not i don't want to say we um but often older uh, generation says okay i'm coping i'm managing i'm i'm uh, uh doing the best i can uh in the situation that i'm in but it, it's a different attitude it's a different mindset and that is a kind of what i i, I read about about there is a is a gap between how we chronological age as well as how uh, how our vitality can let us age and how we can live uh, a vital a vitality uh, a vibrant life until whenever 
And, and we do not have to think that because we have a certain age on the calendar, um, we have to um, live in a certain way. There are many, many people and, and great examples out there who are changing what you can do when you are 80 or 90 or 100 years old. Yesterday I saw on TV and a grandma, or probably she was more as a grandma by now, 95, and she jumped out of a plane. And I think, oh, I, I don't want to do that right now because I'm afraid of heights, you know. But then I think, and she said, yeah, um, you need to live life to the fullest as long as you can. And yeah. she looked really still fit and active. So, I mean, it's all in your mind. If you can do something at a certain age, it doesn't mean that certain things are only for the young people. Absolutely. And there's another really great example of a, a I use in a lot of my speeches, and it's a, a woman who started doing wing walking. Do you know what that is? No. Wing walking is where they have the big, you know, biplanes. Back in the 30s and 40s, they used to have these wing walkers who would do all this acrobatic stuff on top of the wings as a plane is flying. Oh, wow. And, and so she at age nine, I think she started at age 94 as a way to raise, you know, uh, money for charity. And so what's so interesting about it is that you, there's a video of her and she's, you know, they show the plane flying and she's up in a harness up there, you know, standing and the plane is doing loop de loops and all kinds of stuff. And she's up there and then it lands and they help her down and give her her walker and she goes off, you know, with her walker. And so what's so what's so profound about that is her statement that, you know, I can't do much anymore, but I can do this. And for her, she had never done anything like that in her life, wasn't particularly adventurous, but she wanted to raise money for charity. And somehow she she came across this idea and decided that she could do that. So to me, that's so key because vitality isn't just for people who are still what we would call healthy and fit in their in their uh, you know older age. It's for anybody who wants to, to embrace life um, in any way they can uh, throughout their full lifespan and not allow themselves to just become in this mindset of, well, I'm just going to coast or, you know, just kind of hold on for dear life, but really try to expand and explore and, and live as large as possible in any way that makes sense to you. Yes, yes. And I, I love that uh, example that you have about this, uh, this lady on uh, walking on, uh, on a plane wing while it yeah. is flying. I would be <laughs> that scared to do that. But yes, there are other things in your life that are not maybe um, that uh, adventurous or that, um, how shall I say, um, more like a daredevil type of thing. Right. Do, yeah. but, you don't have to be a daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> but there might be other things that you uh, could, can do that still uh, gets you kind of out of your comfort zone for sometimes um, and, and, and be open and curious to, to explore something that you might not have thought of uh, as something that you could do or would like to do, but staying 
where you are and just like you called it coasting, uh, that's not uh, enticing, at least not for me when I mm -hmm. think about growing older and enjoying my next chapter in my life. So you have uh, defined while you were doing uh, your researches and your studies, you have defined some uh, vitality assets, as you call them. Can you uh, <laughs> explain to the audience what that is and, and how they can? Uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so when I, as I've been doing the last 25 years of, of working in this field of healthy aging and vitality, I started noticing some things that were very consistently seem to give people the best chance for living well throughout their life. And so I sort of kind of cataloging those things. And so when I say vitality assets, that comes from what I call my vitality portfolio approach. And that basically takes the same concept of a, a financial portfolio. Most people are pretty comfortable with the idea that if you want to have financial independence, you know, throughout your life, you need to make a financial plan, you need to balance your assets, and you need to make deposits. So I took that same concept and said the same thing with your vitality. You need to make a vitality plan. You need to balance vitality assets, and then you may need to make regular deposits. So the vitality assets that I've defined are age, an ageless attitude, like we've talked about, having a mindset of well-being regardless of challenge, you know, opening yourself to possibilities rather than focusing on disabilities or what you might not be able to do. Yeah. Uh, so the ageless attitude and resilience. I mean, resilience is that that um, characteristic that is most common in people who are 100, 100 plus years old. I mean, you yeah. don't get to be that age without having gone through all kinds of challenges and overcoming those challenges with resilience. Right. So yes. that's those yeah. are what I call the core assets. And then there's the wellness assets, which are just, it's this whole, what I call the wellness wheel, with all, the, all the different spokes, you know, physical, social, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, vocational, um, all of those spokes, you know, have a, a role to play in, in having this balanced, healthy life. And so that's the wellness assets. And then there's the functional assets of strength, mobility, and endurance. I mean, your physical body is how you interact with the world, how you, how you, you know, get around in the world. So it's so important to, to protect those. And I always encourage people to take physical activity out of the fitness category and put it in the, 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 you know, independence category. Yes. You have to maintain a certain level of strength, mobility, and endurance to continue doing the things that you love to do with people you like to do them with. So yeah. you know, instead of thinking of that as something you would do if you were a fitness kind of person, you know, take that off the shelf and really look at it because of all the things that can rob you of independence, physical frailty is the absolutely most preventable you can yes. do something about that. And so that is the one thing that if I, if there's one thing I can convince people of is to, you know, really embrace your functional independence and do what's necessary to maintain it throughout your full lifespan. So those are the assets, the core, 
the wellness and the functional assets. Huh. I love it that you mention fitness as because that, that's what we often include, say, in, in the wellness aspect of our life, um, because that's where we then look at a physical uh, um of mental, you mentioned vocational, several aspects of that uh, particular asset. But the way uh, to look at it, as you explained, by looking at how independent you still can be, how mobile you still can be in your in in the what you are doing in your daily life at the house or outside of the house. That's really where we need to focus on when we uh, talk and think about growing older and not if, can I lift the weight or uh, it's good mm -hmm. if you still can uh, go and do some Zumba dancing or something like that if you feel like it. But if it's not for you, then still you can be having a certain uh, degree of fitness, of mobility. Mm -hmm that gets you wherever you want to go and that's, that's right it's not like it's not like everybody wants to be like super fit yeah it's but it's just for example there's a great example i was i was, I was speaking at a an assisted living community and i was talking about you know strength and mobility and and function and um you know encouraging people that and letting them know about the research that says you absolutely can regain strength and mobility at any age. I mean, there's proven research for over decades now that shows that to be true. And so after the after the talk, a, a woman came up and she was using a walker and she was crying. And I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah, she said, but I didn't think I was going to be able to see my grandkids for Christmas anymore because I can't make it up their stairs. Now I think maybe I can. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that was so exciting to me that she heard the message that she could regain her strength and that she could uh, make it up those stairs so that she could be with the people that she loved during the holidays. And so she did. She They had a, a strength training program at the community. She joined that and she was able to go and spend the Christmas with, with her family. So that's what it's about. What is it that is near and dear to your heart? And are you doing the things for your functional, physical well-being to make sure you can keep doing those? It's not about how much weight you can lift or how, you know, how long you can go on the treadmill or whatever. It's what do you need to do to maintain the function that lets you live the life you want to live? Exactly. Exactly. That's much more important um, to be able uh, to do the activities that you want to do. And that can be just as simple as maintaining your garden and be able to uh, pull some of the weeds that are the growing yeah. there. It, it doesn't need to, to be, uh, yeah, that you um, need to be able to go to, uh, say, the beach and show a, a, a beach body. <laughs> You yeah. know, you can't, it's, swimming is really good. And, and no matter if it's in the pool or, or in, uh, in sea. So it's still, if you are uh, 70 or 80, it doesn't mean that you can't go to the beach anymore because you are uh, thinking your body is not anymore uh, in the shape that uh, all the younger people have. Doesn't matter if you enjoy doing that. 
then why not do it? That's kind yeah. for me, that's showing that I have a, a mindset that is going beyond what aging does or aging yeah. means, you know? Yes. And I think that I think what we have to do is we have to start kind of um, deconstructing what I call these aging scripts that run into your in your mind. You know, what you believe is normal about, you know, about aging. And one of the other examples I have on that is there was an article in a, um, Oprah magazine and uh, it and it was talking about this was years ago. It was talking about a. A woman was writing about how her mother had uh, fallen and broken a hip and how different their life was now that, you know, all the, the walkers and the social isolation and all this kind of stuff. And what really bothered me about that article was, number one, when she said um, her mom had always been very social and invited people for lunch all the time. She was in her 90s, but very social, um, very engaged in the community. And after she fell and broke her hip, she was you know, very disturbed about not being able to get out and do those things. And then her daughter wrote in the article, but at some point mom has finally stopped resisting the new normal of walkers and social isolation and all this stuff. And I thought, how sad that you would be relieved that somebody had given up on the possibility of a different outcome. And then the other part that really bothered me, she said, mom has been, we've been expecting this for a while because for the last year, mom has been using the walls and the furniture to help herself get around the apartment. And I, my first thought was, if she had been exhibiting any other symptoms, like say she had a she had a broken arm, they would have diagnosed it and they would have, you know, um, splinted it and, and would have helped her recover from that. Yeah. Here she was exhibiting every symptom of physical frailty and nobody did anything. The doctor didn't intervene. The, the family didn't intervene. The woman herself didn't ask for help. And why do you think that was? Because she was 90. People just expect to become frail when they're older. So nobody intervenes. So that just the very expectation of losing function, that aging script in your mind that says, well, it's normal to become, you know, less mobile. It's normal to become less strong. It's normal. It's not normal. It's very common and it's very predictable, but it's not normal because it's almost completely avoidable for most people. So that to me, if we could get that, that shift for people to understand that if I'm losing function, it's not because of my age, it's because of lifestyle. It's because of my habitual patterns compounded over time. That's what determines it. And there's a ton of research to back it up. Um, you know, I have all kinds of slides and, you know, data and everything to back it up. But the key is understanding that frailty, physical frailty is not a normal consequence of aging. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing that up. And I'm, in a way, I feel sorry that we're doing a podcast here. So because I would be love to uh to get uh of of course here some research or some science back oh, up yes. for for this here but yeah we can't show slides so i'm not sure how easy it is to uh to explain something about it but yeah. like you say um accepting 
that it is part of life is giving up uh, in a way yeah. that life can be different and that uh, it, it, you don't have to uh, succumb to uh, the experience and to the situation. You can change it. It's just, uh, yeah, in your mind. And then if it's in your mind, it can be in your body and in your behavior and in your lifestyle. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm I'm getting from our conversation really today. That um, there are, you mentioned the word uh, barriers a few times. Besides what we talked about up till now, is there something else that you see that is is for many? people a barrier of living in vitality with a vitality mindset when they grow older you know i think i think for me what i've recognized is the primary barrier really is what you believe about aging what you believe is the pathway that your aging will take and i think we have to understand that nobody ages in a bubble you know, no. we age in family, we age in community, we age in culture. Yeah. So, you know, our culture uh, in the in the U.S. is very ageist. I mean, there's all these negative aging jokes, you know, when you turn 50. There's, you know, it's all these negative stereotypes of aging. And it's very pervasive and it's very hard to fight that off. There's also what community you live in. What kind of examples do you see around you of, of people um, in, in their aging stories? And then your family. What is your personal family's aging stories? That's when you start looking at those things, you start seeing where, how did I create this story in my mind about aging? Like for myself, for example, my both sets of grandparents on both my mom and my dad's side uh, retired when they were in their 60s, like they were, you know, expected to do back in the day yeah you know that was your whole goal you were going to work really hard and then you're going to retire and then you're just going to you know sit around I guess well both of them got bored within months my um, mother's parents they they had had a ranch and they'd sold their ranch and moved to town within three months hated living in town got bored bought an old broken down ranch on the edge of town and started over raising uh, Hereford bulls. And they did that into their 90s. And so, and then with my my uh, dad's parents, they did the same thing, sold their business, tried to just hang out, couldn't stand it, bought another business and started over. And so that's one of my aging scripts. So my, you know, internalized aging script has always been, why would you stop, stop and retire from from life? You need to Look for new experiences, look for, you know, new ways to, to explore life. But if you're in a mindset that, you know, if your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents had a certain way of aging and you internalize that, it's very difficult to sort of peel that those layers off and say, well, wait a minute. Is this the way I have to, to age? Is there, can I go a different way? Can I make a different choice? Um, and so I think it's all of those things together and helping yourself understand that 
you don't have to just follow the the big, you know, well-beaten path into decline with age. You can choose a different a different path. Yes. Um, I, 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 I can't see that. Indeed, um, our beliefs are shaped really of what we have experienced in our life um, and what um, quite a, a large piece of it is out of our culture, our family, uh, uh, that what you see is what you believe kind of thing, that if yeah. everybody in your family is, is uh, taking... Uh, retirement by not um, thinking of doing something differently or uh, instead of going to a job or work or career, maybe do some volunteering somewhere or to uh, write a book or whatever it is that they were doing in their retirement. If that was not a part in, in your life, you will have more Difficulty to shift and see, hey, that next chapter of retirement, when I grow older, I still can do different things as right. and uh, and and have joy in doing those things to together. So yes. Yeah. And uh, that's it, is that I, I love that you keep coming back to joy because isn't that what, what people are seeking in life? I yes. mean just joy-filled experience in life, um, joy-fueled um, life, I think is so critical. And finding those things that truly do bring you joy, because I mentioned the, the phrase lifestyle inertia before. And if you think about that, you have a kind of a habitual inertia in your life. Is it moving forward? Is it stagnant? Is it, you know, what is that inertia? And if the, if the flow is taking you the wrong direction, how can you kind of break that up and, and choose a different direction? And so I think that's what, when I talk about the vitality portfolio, that's the whole idea is making a conscious choice and creating a conscious plan around your vitality. I mean, people so often will spend more time planning a two week vacation than they would their actually lifelong vitality. So being very conscious about it saying, okay, you know, what is my plan? Am I just hoping for the best that nothing bad will happen? <laughs> or am I actually making regular deposits into my well-being? Or am I making a lot of withdrawals so that eventually I have this empty uh, vitality account? Um, so I think if we just think of it in terms of what am I doing on a consistent basis to um, support vitality? And what can I let go that is actually sabotaging vitality yes yes i I'm, I'm glad that you uh talked a little bit uh about um your uh, how you can contribute how your thinking and what you're doing in life can help you maintain a vitality lifestyle so like you call them deposits what is supporting that lifestyle and withdrawing would be, okay, could be a health issue that comes up. It could be something else that um, changes in your life um, that um, limits you in something you can do. Um, and like that, it, 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 uh, uh, the vitality 
and uh, how you feel, how uh, a life you feel changes because maybe, um, yeah, and it can be just for temporary, but it still might have an effect on you. Like you earlier mentioned uh, the broken hip or the broken arm. I had uh, a humerus uh, fractured two years ago. And it, it, it's, uh, I couldn't do a lot. It, 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 it taught me that, hey, Maria, you have to be more careful if you want to live till 100 years old. And that is my goal, you know, with a, a, a great body, a healthy body and a healthy mind. And so um, now I look a little bit different at what I do and when I, I, I do certain things. But yes. Sometimes it takes you out for a couple of months. And if you're not careful, it might uh, uh, yeah, make you change uh, a habit uh, in your life that uh, prevents you from growing uh, older in a way with more vitality and more uh, energy as, as what you maybe had before it happened. Exactly. Yes, I think that that whole idea again of don't let a health setback become a new set point. You know, you may have to reduce your activity, reduce your engagement for a while because of something, but don't let that become your new normal. Exactly. You know, choose, choose what you want your normal to be and always strive for that as opposed to just letting outside circumstances sort of box you in to something that you're not happy with. Um, you do, you know, you just do the best. What was it that uh, Theodore Roosevelt said something about do the, see, do the best with whatever you have, wherever you are kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you just have to give your best effort and use adaptive strategies, whatever it takes to, to live the life that you, you choose to live, you want to live. Exactly. Exactly. So I hope that our listeners have a better idea now of uh, how we approach and live our life now and how we use our mind has a big impact on how we will live uh, and how we will age and how we will feel about that. Um, because that's what it is really is. It is um, all in our mind how we can um, feel energetic and feel active and um, yeah and, and and live a happy a happy life. So yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you, you you have talked about your portfolio. So how would listeners be able to find out more? about this portfolio uh, idea that you have? How can they get in touch with you um, about this and something else? I don't know. Uh, okay. I think you, you mentioned a book. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the best thing for people to do is just go to my website, which is brilliantaging.com. And if they go to the ignite personal vitality page there's all kinds of free downloadable articles and resources on all of these things that i've talked about and okay. specifically i invite them to download the uh, vitality portfolio starter toolkit 
because okay. that actually does have some of the, you know, you, you said you'd love to have showed a slide or something. There actually is a wonderful slide that shows a cross section of a thigh muscle and what happens, you know, when people are inactive. I mean, it, so there's, there's really good information in that downloadable toolkit. So I invite people to do that. Again, it's brilliantaging.com and then to the personal vitality page. And then the publication page, I have tons of blogs, tons of journal articles, all kinds of things that are free to download. And then I invite you to, um, you know, uh, opt in if you would like to the, there's a, a weekly email series that I send out. There's also a Vitality Portfolio online course that I'm gonna be launching sometime, I believe in June. So I'd love to have you, if you're interested in that whole concept, I'd love to have you join in with that. And I, I walk you through the whole whole process of, of creating your own personal vitality portfolio. Awesome. Yes. Um, yeah, I am on your weekly email list for sure. And I love the the, uh, the emails that I get. They're all, always uh, thought-provoking with regard to uh, what do you believe about aging, what do you believe about how you can live your life? And uh, often, indeed, it's just small things that mm -hmm. uh, can trip you up in a way on, on how you see things. So I always appreciate to get a little uh, a reminder or a little nugget to say, hey, <laughs> this happened to me. Um, and then uh, you can uh, use it um, for, for your own um yeah. actions yeah so i love that that's great so okay. yes I, I i don't know i i say this every single time that i enjoy my conversations <laughs> with whoever i'm talking to so i'm so uh grateful for uk to to talk with us this morning about this topic and i i wish uh now i wish i, I would be doing a video um so maybe <laughs> there's something else in the future that I can invite you to where you indeed could uh, do uh, some more um, showing about the science back uh, ground for uh, that living a vital uh, and a vibrant lifestyle can help you age in a different way, much more enjoyable and hopefully also longer because you are uh, yeah. Yeah, feeling, feeling good about it. You know, um, and Maria, there's a really good book that just came out last year called Breaking the Age Code okay. uh, by Becca Levy, and she's a Yale University researcher and does a phenomenal amount of research on the whole um, mind-body connection, the psychological beliefs about aging and how they truly do impact health outcomes. And so it's, there's all kinds of the science background there, but then she also gives some really good tools for changing your aging scripts. So again, it's called Breaking the Age Code by Becca Levy. I highly recommend that. Okay, thank you for mentioning that. I will uh, I will look this up and, uh, and probably get it because uh, I still feel that I am one of the younger people. <laughs> in the generation <laughs> that is growing older but mm -hmm. uh yeah for nobody uh time stops you know time keeps going on and yep. so the 
the feeling of how much time you still have left is not the same anymore. Now we have uh, reached a certain age, maybe, but still um, to making that time of your life, the best time of your life. That's what I want to um, to add. That's why I'm doing the podcast. That's why I'm doing sometimes summits and challenges and that kind of things on uh, in the Facebook groups. So um, yes, there is. Uh, it's it's not necessary to wait for what's happening and wait uh-huh. for that last day to come. Yep. There's so much more to time to live, and you can live it uh, with joy and. And, and and good health. Yes, definitely. Okay. So thank you. Thank you again. I also thank our listeners for being on uh, the podcast today. If you like the podcast, please um, then leave um, um, uh, a comment so other people will be able to find it. It's uh, on all the big podcast channels. So I love to hear from you too if you have any questions about the topic today or you have suggestions for a topic i would love to know about it so email me and that is maria at blissful-retirement.com thank you again for being on this show i love to help retired women or women who still are retiring to find their lost purpose and know exactly what to do with their time in retirement. So if that is you, then either email me so we can set up a call and talk about it or join my 90-day group program that is starting next month. Thank you all for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.